Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again. Welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Opaluski. And back this week, the super PK himself, the, the right, the reverend J.D. Wiegand. How are you doing today, fellas? Doing awesome. Still in the same room. So doing great there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John, doing well. You? I'm doing great. And JD, thanks for hanging around for uh, episode 202 uh, with us. You know, 201, I felt um, I was just so impressed with your story, uh, impressed with what uh, how God called you into ministry. And, and you know, it's 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 interesting how the call of God works on our life. I, I tell people a lot that if I would have architected my journey, the way it's unfolded, I would have never architected it the way it's unfolded. And and yet, I find myself at this stage of my life in the center of God's will, uh, doing what I think God has always desired for me to do ultimately. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. So it's just so refreshing to hear uh, the call of God on your life that it wasn't uh, what you anticipated at first, but it, it uh, came together a little bit later. Um, and then, you know, we started to really talk about the things you loved about being a PK, maybe some of the challenges that were around that. Um, you know, what would you say to the congregation, you know, uh, as a PK, what were some things that you, pieces of advice you would give to the congregation as well? And, you know, you, you said a few things, you said several things that just jumped out at me. Um, you talked about how important experiencing God was in this whole journey. And and truth be told, there are some kids whose dads are pastors that um, haven't experienced God. Uh, they've experienced church, they've experienced, you know, whatever, but they haven't had their own encounter. And it's almost like they're riding on the coattails of their parents in a way, if that makes any sense. And I know this isn't part of our question today, but I'm, I'm curious what would you say to a preacher's kid who hasn't really had that experience yet? Um, what would you say to they came to you and say, JD, I love what your story, but I haven't had that experience yet. What would you tell them? You know, I feel like everyone has different experiences in different ways. Right. And so um, when we take a look at scripture, it's not that every part of scripture is historic, right? It's not that every part of scripture is poetic. It's not that every part of scripture is worship. It's not, there are all of these different mixes and matches in different ways that have all resulted in us talking about one God, right? And so oftentimes what I have to talk to these students about is saying, what, what portions of God's heart for your life have you experienced? Because if your entire life has been founded in just reading the Bible, well, maybe you need to experience God in worship. If your entire life has been about worship, well, maybe you need to experience God in the mission field. If you haven't been on a, you know, if, if your entire life's been missions field, well, then maybe you need to experience it through one-on-one -on -one therapy, right? We all find a portion of God's heart in a different area of our life. And so I would just ask them, what has your exposure to God been? And what portions of God's heart for you have you not been exposed to yet? Right. Cause then we start, we got to start like, it's almost like a diet, right? Like you got to figure out what works for you, what doesn't work for you, all of that stuff. And ultimately the more you dive into God, the more all of it ends up working for you. You find different things that are all there. 
Right. But that would be the place that I would start at with pastors, kids is just say, well, of course, you haven't experienced God, because every time worship's happening at the altar, you're in the back making lemonade for everybody. How are you supposed to experience God making lemonade? Right. God is like at the altar. And, And so that would be the first place that I would start with these PKs is just asking them which portions of God's heart they've been exposed to and which portions they haven't been exposed to and getting them to experience the portions of God's heart that God may be calling them into. Right. And so that would be, that would be my primary thing that I would say. That's good. So let me ask a a really personal question since we have your dad on the, on this episode uh, with us as always, he's with us. Um, I mean, what do you wish as a kid you could have said to your parents as you were growing up in church? Uh, This is going to be a difficult one. Um, But but the closest thing that I would say is that, okay, so this is, this is one that I struggle with too, right? I want to make sure that I make this very clear. Sundays are not the end all be all. We can take some Sundays off to go on a family vacation. We don't have to be there Sunday morning and then leave Sunday directly after church to go have a week to be back by Saturday night to make sure that we're ready for Sunday morning again. Mm. Like there is a time that we can have a rest period as a family to go away from people and not have to write a sermon on Thursday morning whenever I want to go hang out and and do something together. Right. And I can remember at different points as as a kid where it's like, well, you're going to go away with mom today because you're going to go shopping with mom so that way I can work on my sermon. Or I got this phone call, like, like I remember being on field trips and there would be these, uh, these moments where people would need ministry and my dad would have to walk away to go do these phone calls. Right. And so there's certain aspects of, of my childhood growing up that I kind of was like, Hey, can we just not focus on church for a little bit and instead just focus on, you know, you and I, or focus on the family or focus on the fact that we're on vacation or like, like, can we just put the church away for a little bit? You know, and by the way, that's something that I struggle with because I consistently love doing ministry. And because I love doing it, I want to do it all the time. But my wife needs reprieve. She needs time to go lay down and not be with people. And so I have like, I went on a friend, a friend vacation and they all wanted to leave on a Thursday, come back the following, like, like Saturday. Right. So they wanted to be gone for nine days. And I almost told them I couldn't go on vacation because it was over a Sunday and I couldn't take a Sunday off. It wasn't until my wife pulled me off to the side that she was like, you're going to take a Sunday off. And I was like, no, I'm not. I don't take Sundays. Sundays are not days to take off. Sundays are the end all be all. They are where ministry happens. We need to be here. Nothing can be done if we are not here, right? Like I had that mentality uh-huh. to knock that out of me because it was like, you don't have to be there on a Sunday. Like like church will still happen. Ministry will still happen. You're not God. Yeah. And so, and so doesn't mean that God's not going to use you, but you're not God. It's not like if, if you're, if you're not there on a Sunday, your church falls apart. Okay. Chill. Right. And a lot of that just has to do with pre-planning and everything like that. But that I remember as a kid, just a lot of times it felt like Sundays were the priority, not even freedom Center church, but just Sundays were the priority. And I kind of wish that yeah. we could have taken some time away from that in order to focus on family vacations or a trip away or a ball game or going, you know, like yeah. actually, so like, here's even like a story. And by the way, this didn't affect me at all, but I could see where this would affect a PK. Um, I was on Michigan Out of Doors, the, the TV show, right? And there yeah. was uh, a deer hunt that I was going on. And uh, my dad had service on Sunday mm-hmm. night. So he wasn't able to go with me to the deer hunt that was happening on Sunday night. And I shot a five-point buck, but he wasn't able to see it because he had church. He, we still went to the church afterwards and showed it to him, but he wasn't there for the moment. Right. And it was because Sunday night church kind of took priority over that. And by the way, again, it didn't affect me as an adult. It still hasn't affected me. But moments like that, 
I think yeah. really impact pastors kids whenever it almost seems like the Sunday service is more important than me. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, can I add to that too, John? I, I, you know, he, he mentioned in the last episode, he hated soccer. And part of the reason was he was three years younger than the kids he was playing with. He had no business being on the same field with them, but he did score a goal. And I was doing somebody's funeral when he scored his one and only goal in kids soccer. And I, and I, I regret that. I, I'm going to just echo what JD's saying. I, I now understand that my children are in their thirties and I'm a grandfather, how precious those years were. I didn't, I didn't appreciate them the way I should have. Um, and I'm going to say me, not my wife. She did appreciate that. And was always saying, Hey, can't we just, why don't we, you know, and I, and I just, no, no, Saturday is, you know, no friends over Sunday's everything. And I, I, you know, by the grace of God, we were able to to build a church and not destroy our family. But I think what you're hearing is there are certain moments that if you would have chosen to believe the church is more important than me, well, that that's a trajectory that it's really hard to come back from. So they made good decisions. Both my sons did, but it, it wasn't because we made good decisions. So if you have kids that are young, I'm going to echo what he said, like, just go away. Um, I think the other reason we didn't take long vacations is because we're pastors and we're broke. I mean, there was no way to, to rent that cabin for a second week or, you know, that kind of thing. But, but I, just being gone, driving to Florida, being with grandma for two weeks instead of one, that's, I, I, and you say this all the time, John, I'm echoing it now. And my son's echoing it like you, some things you'll never get back. Some things there's more of something. There's only so many of. And so many weekends, so many years, so many months with your family when they're young, those are far more important than the Sunday. The, the, I don't remember whose funeral it was, but I'll never forget that I missed the goal. You know, I wanted to see it. I got to hear about it. I got to yeah. watch. I, got, I, got, I watched my kids shoot his first deer on television. Like that's when I saw it with, with millions of other people instead of me being there, being a part of that memory. I wasn't there. So, yeah, I, I regret those. You know, and it, it uh it brings me back to our four boys, uh, yeah. and uh, and I've told our four boys that uh, one of the regrets I had as a as a lead pastor, as a dad, was uh, how it got in the way. Uh, and sometimes, you know, it gets in the way, and there's nothing a pastor can do about it, right? Yeah. And then there are times when it gets in the way when a pastor could do something about it. Um, but somehow or another, the the uh, the values have gotten jumbled up somewhat. And, uh, you know, I so I've told all my boys that, you know, I'm I'm sorry for not knowing better, not doing better. And uh, when you were little and, you know, now as they're older, we spend more. I think, you know, I don't know if we spend more time together, but it's certainly more intentional time. Together yeah. and as a dad, um, and I long to be with my kids. I, I just, I, I really do. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, we're not sharing this today so that pastors who are listening or watching will beat themselves up. Because um, mm -hmm. there's nothing you can do to go back and unreverse that other than to apologize and moving forward, mm -hmm. you know, be the dad, be the parent that God always called you to be. But if you are raising young children please 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 yeah i realize that yes you have a calling yes you have a ministry yes it's important but you're the most important disciples in your life are the ones under your own roof and yeah. 
And your dad said it in the first podcast, if we win the world and lose our family, I think in a way, and I think, no, I don't think in a way, I think we've mm-hmm. lost. Yeah. We, we, we've actually lost. And so, um, JD, thanks for being uh, frank and honest about that. I know we're buttoning up against a little bit of a short time in this particular pod. So, Jim, why don't you go with the next, uh, the next question? Yeah, so you, you have this unique uh, spot right now, JD, where you can speak to the parents of PKs. They're listening. Um, maybe their kids are teenagers. Maybe they're 40 and they don't speak to them anymore. Maybe they just got born or there's a, there's a bun in the oven. We don't know. But what advice would you give to fathers and mothers who are active pastoral people? What, what advice would you give them from your perspective as a, as a PK? Yeah. So my, my, my first thing that I would tell them is you are their parent before you're their pastor. Um, do not treat your kids like you treat a member of the congregation. Do not treat your kids like you would um, any other kid that's in your ministry. And I, I know as pastors, sometimes it's our default to want to go and pastor these kids, but you're their parent. In the same way, you can't be their best friend. As a parent, you can't be their best friend, right? Um, you, you can be their, their coach, but it's probably best that they have another coach that's in their life. I think that every kid needs to have probably a good four relationships with adults that are mentors, right? So pastor would be one. Um, then you'd have teacher would be another one and then coach and then like therapist, right? Let's just say that those are your top four, right? You as their parent should not be all four of those. You, you should be one of them and you should bring other adults into their life to make sure that they can be those, those structure, those pillars for your kids. So that way it's not all on you in order to be all things to your kids. You're the parent, be their parents, take them on vacations, parent them, but don't, don't always pastor them. Don't, don't like when you're on vacation, don't bring, you know, okay. I don't mean to rag on JBQ because I actually like JBQ. I thought it was fun for the time that I was in it, but like, don't bring JBQ cards with you on vacation and study your kids. Like just be on vacation with them. Right. Like, like you don't need to make sure that they're keeping up on their, uh, what do we call it? Constant contact with God. That's what we called it when I was a kid. Like, on this vacation, yeah. you got to read your Bible every single day. You got to get your notes in. You got to make sure you submit them. In. Like, I don't, like, you don't <laughs> have to be their pastor, be their parents, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that that would be my biggest thing that I would have to, to, to pastors is be their parent, not their pastor, and allow other people to pastor them. Pastor Jason was my pastor. My dad was my dad. Right on. Yeah. I think something too, maybe to consider JD, remember when you were starting to question your faith. I remember you saying at one point, I'm I'm not sure I believe everything you believe. I'm not sure I believe everything you believe the same way you believe it. And then we had that conversation like that's instead of me saying, well, how dare you? I'm the pastor. We had that conversation about congratulations. You're starting to develop your own faith. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that, that season in your life about where you developed your own faith? And as it turned out, you had some questions. We, you know, I, I wasn't mad at you for questioning mine. I was excited that you were developing yours and we got to talk. Do you remember that season? Was that, is that something from memory? Yeah. Okay. Tell us about that a little bit. Cause maybe that's helpful too. You know, if, if there, if your four-year-old can't quote the 16 fundamental truths of the assemblies of God or the, or the tulip of the Presbyterians or whatever, like tell, tell us about you developing your own faith. Yeah. Uh, as a parent, the primary responsibility should always be ask questions. Don't accuse. Right. And so if, if a parent's, if a kid says, I don't know that I believe everything that you believe, rather than saying, oh, well, I just can't believe you don't believe it, say, well, what is it that you don't believe? 
What, 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 what part of this do you find difficult to understand? What part of this uh, doesn't make sense to you? All that stuff. And eventually they'll, they'll get to the point to them that's difficult, right? And so you get to go on these walks with your kids where they're having questions. They're confused. They're hearing things from the world. They're hearing things from inside the church. They're hearing things on the news. For the first time, like when I was growing up, I didn't have a smartphone. Kids that are five, six, seven years old right now have a smartphone with access to yeah. everything. And so they have, they have, they're, 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 their base that they're building is being founded on information that is everywhere. And it's not just information that is in the scripture. And so as they're building their base, they're going to have a lot of questions about why all this is going on. And so as a parent, to be able to hear the question, respond to the question, rather than the accusatory, I can't believe you don't believe what I believe, or being offended that your kid may not necessarily um, be in love with Christ the same way that you are. It's a growing thing. It's a, yeah. like they're, they're they're taking in all information that is available to them, and they're trying to get the answer right. And so I would say, up until I was twenty seven years old, maybe maybe twenty six, um, I was still trying to find reason within the world that applied into Scripture. Until I just arrived on a point like there is no truth outside of Scripture. Like like Scripture is one hundred percent truth. Everything else is perspective. And so, um, but even history, history is perspective. It's not truth. Right. And so, um, whenever we take a look at today, it's like the only truth that I can rely on and can stand on that is consistent throughout all ages is the Bible. And therefore I'm going to stand on the truth of the Bible rather than standing against everything else. And it took me until I was 26 years old to finally arrive on that conclusion. Yeah. And it was your time to be readily available to answer questions. That's what's important. Right. I think yeah, we have one it, more question, John. We got time. Well, yeah, and Jim, you were about to say, and that that was his. He came to that conclusion. JD yeah, came to that true. conclusion, yeah. and everybody that I've ever talked to about their journey, uh, JD, they've all had to cross that line yeah. at some point where this is now. Uh, I'm not. I don't believe this because you told me. I believe this because I've had this experience with God. I've come to my own recognition of who he is, that he's King of Kings and Lord of Lords and all of that. And so every, I think every person that I've ever met who's walked with Jesus has had that season where they're wrestling, questioning, and thankfully a lot of them come out of the other side of that journey, owning their faith. And uh, yeah. super important, I think, uh, for all of us, especially for pastors, kids. Okay, one more, because we are really close to the end of our time together. JD, what would be maybe one thing or two things that you would say to pastors, kids who might be listening or watching to the pod today? What what encouragement do you have for them? Um, the quickest way for the enemy to attack your parents is through you. Um, wow. Parents wow. love you so much. They care for you deeply. And the enemy is going to do everything he can to get into your ear to make you believe that the church is more important than you are, that Sunday morning services are more important than you are, that uh, the people in the congregation that need a funeral are more important than you are, that it, fill in the blank, whatever you're struggling with right now, there is an enemy that is whispering in your ears to try and detract from your calling to God and to try and detract from your parents calling to God. And so the number one thing that I can give to you is to openly talk about what you're going through to a trusted person. Like I said in the last podcast, but to openly talk to a trusted person. So that way um, you can you can counteract those lies with truth. There's a story 
of a, of a monk that um, says, I'm going to go defeat the devil. Like he, he literally decides in, in the wilderness, I'm going to go and I'm going to defeat the devil. And so he goes out there and after six months, um, they, they start hearing stories of this monk defeating the devil. Like, like he is, he's completely breaking the devil's back. He's destroying all that stuff. Right. And so they find this monk and they ask him questions. They say, what are you doing to beat the devil? And he said, I'm counteracting every lie with truth. Anytime that a lie creeps up on me, I have to counteract it with truth. And where was he getting that truth? He was getting it from scripture. And so a lot of times what's going to happen to you as a PK is the enemy is going to whisper lies into your ear over and over and over again. Something that sounds true, right? Like whenever Jesus is being tempted by Satan um, after he just on the 40 day fast and the devil was even quoting scripture at, at Jesus. And Jesus used scripture to counteract what the devil was saying, because even though there was a tinge of truth to it, it was still lies from the person that only knows how to give lies. And so the enemy is going to whisper in your ears lies. Do not believe those lies. Do not even um, do not adhere to those lies. Do not be attracted to those lies. Speak openly with a trusted person that's going to counteract those things with truth. And in those moments where you're believing lies, always counteract them with truth every single time. Do not for a single moment rest in those lies because they're more comfortable than the truth. That's my biggest advice that I have to pastors. Sounds like 2 Corinthians 10, 5 to me. Take captive every thought and make it obedient. Christ. JD, thank you so much for giving us time for the last two pods. We appreciate you. Thanks for being open and honest with us. And we believe that uh, there are going to be many uh, people listening to or watching this, these two podcasts that are going to be helped and blessed by you sharing. So thanks. Thanks so much for being with us. Of course. Of course. Thanks for having me on. And everybody who's listening and watching, I just want to echo what was said. Like we're we're here fighting the same fight you're fighting. Maybe we're a little, uh, a few days ahead of you, maybe we're a few days behind you when it comes to the seasons of life, but we're, we're here with you in this struggle to do everything we can to promote the gospel, to build the kingdom, to make sure our kids love Jesus and love each other. So uh, I just want to echo that, JD. Thank you for doing that. And thank you, John, for uh, just bringing this all together today. So our dear watchers and listeners, we're here for you. We love you. If we can help you, and anyway, convergecoach.com. Click the, the the link that just says, I, I, I want a half an hour. I want to talk. I want to listen. I need some direction. Uh, my kid's off the reservation. Uh, my kid wants to choose which college to go to. Whatever we can do to help you. Literally, that's what we're here to do. We want to help you lead well, lead long, and then have a blast doing it. So live long and prosper. God bless you as you continue to lead from alignment.